Hello and welcome along to another episode of the Glow West podcast where we chat all about the wonderful world of sex, sexuality and the body. And this week we have a very special episode. This was recorded live at Waterford Pride and uh, just a couple of weekends ago, which is just such a fabulous experience to be a part of. And this is a live chat I had with Stephanie Fogarty, who is the current reigning Miss Gay Ireland. So a fabulous, fabulous person. And we had all the fun chats and it's just so nice to get to do a live podcast again. So I'll leave that with you. Enjoy it. And apologies again for not having um, podcasts over the last couple of weeks. It's been a very, very, very busy week or two or three or four. Um, so we are hopefully back on track at this point as well. So do please feel free to send in any topics that you want covered on the podcast as well. I'm always happy to listen in and chat to people. So the Instagram and DM is at West Podcast. So I'll leave you to it and enjoy this fabulous live conversation that I had with Miss Gay Ireland. So this podcast looks at sex and sexuality and from a very soft kind of approach, because like if we don't use humour, and softness, I think it's kind of scary for a lot of people because sexuality is something that a lot of people are very scared by. But um, I think it's really nice to have people um, to be joined by people like Steph, who is literally a trailblazer. Um, Miss Gay Ireland has just done a fabulous consent talk here for us today down in Waterford Pride, um, which is fab to be here. But Stephanie, how did you become queen of the gays? How was that a thing? <laughs> it's a very long story, uh, but I'll try shorten it as best I can. So it's actually kind of been full circle coming back to Waterford. So 10 years ago, is it more than 10? 2009, I was in the first ever Miss Gay Ireland competition in Waterford. Oh. Um, and I came fourth and I got the title of Miss Baby Dyke Ireland. Aww. I was 19. Mm. Please wait, you have to have a sash for I that. I did, yeah. Okay. It was Brilliant. a baby blue sash with a lot of glitter and a lot of sequins. <laughs> um, I, it itched something fierce, <laughs> so it's still at home, but it was the lads made me the sash because I didn't actually get one for it because they were like, you're really good, but you're a child. I was like, I know everything. What do you want? Mm. Um, so that obviously didn't work out for me. So in 2016, I ran for Miss Gay Quark again um, <laughs> after I didn't, I, I came second the first time. So I was like, you know what? I've aged a bit, going to go figure it out. And I went on stage and I was like, the thing I know now is I know nothing which is huge when you can find a maturity but when you can finally admit that you know nothing yeah um and i won and i was delighted and i i was competing against uh, two other girls and they were absolutely fantastic mm. and i was i was in an old dress for me for me formal wear mm. and i was lovely uh and then in 2018 i got given the title of miss gay ireland because i think they weren't actually going to run the competition anymore okay and it was for the amount of work i had been doing in advocacy and outreach yeah. and which i think it's amazing because I was just doing what I thought I should do, you know? And so, yeah, that's how I got Miss Gay Ireland and I've had it for the last four years now. Yeah. Thankfully, so. to COVID pandemic is to stretch that out a little <laughs> Pretty bit much, more. Yeah. So, so what is it like, Miss Ireland? Do you have like title duties? Do you get to go around and like wave at people? Are you like the queen? Basically? I do that anyway. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> I don't need a title to do that, but I'll do it. Um, it's kind of, it is what you make of it. So mm. some people win the title and they just do a couple of things and they're done. Mm. Me, I have developed my own kind of persona around it. I do workshops, I go represent as mm -hmm. best I can. I've been international with it actually. I was in Nairobi wow. um, at a women's rights conference. Mm. Uh, I was in Barcelona and the Netherlands at privilege exchanges and talking about the privilege that we have and don't have. Mm. And uh, I've, I'm now being called in by schools, which is, Pretty incredible. I'm like my old secondary school brought me in just two weeks ago. 
Wow. And it was mad. Oh. That must be a lovely feeling, though, because, like, we won't reveal our ages, but, um, like, growing <laughs> up in, like, in Ireland, that wasn't as open. Mm. And, like, it was still illegal to be gay until the mid-90s. Yeah. So, and, like, we've only had, like, what, eight years of marriage equality, and it's not really even marriage equality. It's, not quite. There's a long way to go. Yeah, I but, mean, we've come long ways, but we still have a lot of Long way to go. go. But yeah, to yeah. be that person, to go into a school and go, look what, look what you can be, mm. and look at this shining light of, like, queer visibility and queer mm. joy <laughs> as well. You're not going in to be like, I'm here to talk to you about HIV which is mm. all some people associate with, mm-hmm. with queer people for mm-hmm. a while and that's like the media and stereotypes and everything else and we need to just throw that in the bin but like you get to go there and be that person like what's that like it was mental <laughs> <laughs> like literally it was mental yeah. because when I went in when I was in school I, ha- I had to see a counsellor because I was um I transferred schools and I was going through all this kind of crap and trauma or whatever um, not that that's a whatever thing, but you know, uh, so I had to see this counsellor and um, she was fully convinced that all I needed was a boyfriend to make my life right. She's fully convinced, being like, you just need a boyfriend. So I had four boyfriends and all four were gay. At the gay. same time? All of them were gay. Okay. Every single, I didn't even know they were gay. They didn't know I was gay and we just found each other and we were beards. Mm. You know, there you go. But going back into it, I actually saw her. She was in the school two weeks ago. What did you say? Come on, tell me. I know you rehearsed this in your head of what you'd actually say to her. I had my sash. Nice. So I put on the Miskey Ireland sash and I just like did my little wave and was like, hi up. And she was like trying to figure it out. You know, she gave me this look. I was, I was like, yeah, no boyfriend. No boyfriend. No girlfriend either, but no boyfriend. You know, she was just horrified. She was horrified that she got it so wrong. Like she, and she, the thing is, she's not even like homophobic. She's not like that, but she was just fully convinced I needed a boyfriend. But that is like that is where we grow up in. Mm. It's very like cis heteronormative. Of like, <clears throat> you meet your boy, and then you get married, and you have your two point four kids. And you used to add in a mortgage to that, but maybe not as much anymore with the housing crisis. I never understood the but, point four of a child. <laughs> but you were being like funneled into mm. this life of like, this is how you adult. This is how you are successful. And that's backed up by like the sex education school is so hetero. It's like how to not get pregnant yeah. and how to like you're when your husband and wife do this and stuff. Yeah. So it's very isolating. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. And even just looking at the RSE education, like it's so outdated. Mm. It's what, 97% of the policy was written like yeah. mental. It's getting there. It's getting there. But like what kind of like when you go in and you be that awesome person of visibility, like what kind of responses do you get from the kids? They giggle usually is the big thing because I'm like, hi, I'm gay. And they're like, huh? I'm like, I'm gay. I'm like, it's OK to laugh. It's OK to smile. It's OK to be like me, too. You know, it's and then they're like, so how gay are you? I was like, I'm so gay that I like to be called a lesbian. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, well. <laughs> so then explaining why I prefer lesbian over mm-hmm. gay is like mind blowing for them. But some like majority of the time now in secondary schools, I'm getting a really positive response. But also I don't, I'm not their teacher. Mm. So I don't take their crap either. <laughs> you know, if they try to be smart, I'll be like, come on up and talk to me and I'll bring them up in front of everybody. I'd be like, no, I'm all right. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> you know, and I absolutely, it's not that I want to embarrass them, mm. but I'm like, if you're going to try and bring someone down, be, be prepared for someone to be like, actually, let's come talk about that, you know, yeah. and sure, never mind, we do it in front of everyone, <laughs> you know, and they usually just opt to be quiet then, so it's all good. That works. Well, go back to the point of like, so language, you know, so like, why isn't it Miss Lesbian Ireland? Why is it Miss Gay Ireland? It's just 
flows better. Um, And a lot of queer women, I think there's still a stigma attached to lesbian and identifying as a lesbian. Mm. I know I was terrified to say I was lesbian for years, for absolute years. And it was just when I kind of learned more about lesbian culture Mm. and the women who came before me, which is like the most amazing thing to realize that I am part of a community where I mean, literally, it was lesbian women who were taking care of men during the AIDS epidemic. Like, mm. you know, it was the mm. it, lesbian and queer women of colour and trans women of colour who were literally at the front line of every protest ever. Yeah. So <laughs> um, we have pride. Mm. Yeah. And so it's kind of, I, I adapted to it being more of a positive because mm-hmm. everyone just kind of associated lesbian with this really particular stereotype and this really kind of negative viewpoint, but Mm. I'm literally like, I am lesbian, hear me roar, like, you know, not a problem. But even like on that as well, like lesbians are often broken down into stereotypes as well. Like you have to be butch or you have to be femme. Like (laughs) that's a very constricting binary to have to figure out. But like, that's how a lot of the world sees your kind. My kind. (laughs) Your people. Uh, yeah, except for I don't really fit into either. Yeah. I, I'm called um, a futch. A futch? Okay. Feminine butch. Okay, okay. Even though I just like, I'm definitely more camp than anything. <laughs> like, I'm just so camp. <laughs> um, visually, visually, I am butch. But I am a goddamn princess. Like, I'm so much of a princess, it's gas. Like, most lesbians who I know would be like, they go camping or they chop wood, or they deal with bugs, and I'm like, no, thank you, <laughs> no, I would rather stay in a hotel than go camping, mm. I would rather not chop firewood and get a splinter, and if I see a bug, I will cry and throw you at the bug instead of me dealing with it, so yeah. We did have a conversation yeah. last night about how spiders are not a thing in Steph's world. Spitters. <laughs> yeah, it's spitters. not a thing. I call them spitters to make them less scary. But you were saying there last night to me over a few drinks and you were saying about um that butch women often don't really get any compliments they're not told they're pretty they're not told they're beautiful mm-hmm. and that when you have had those compliments you're like you should what's going on here like it's weird like why is that a thing i think for so long butch women aren't really like we're not included as part of the female demographic and i know that sounds really weird but like it's we don't get the feminine compliments which in some cases some people don't want them but like if someone was to turn around and say I was pretty or I was gorgeous or I was this I'm like and what do you want I am like no it's it's, I shut it down instantly and it's also assumed that I'm going to be the one to initiate things or that I'm going to be the one to like I have never actually been taken out on a date I take people out on dates you know and it's people are always like well take you on a date and it never happens you know Mm. and it's like like, my biggest thing at the moment is I really want to pet a chicken. <laughs> like, this, it's really random. It's number one on my it's bucket list. It's specific It's there. number one on my bucket list is I want to pet a chicken and hug a chicken. And it, okay. it, it was nothing. It was nothing until people I was seeing were like, oh, I'll take you to pet a chicken. Nobody ever took me to pet a chicken. So now I know the woman who takes me to pet a chicken, I'm going to marry that woman. Okay. I'm going to marry that woman. It's like no pressure on them, Jesus. <laughs> Whoever takes me to pet a chicken is literally wife material right there. So is that like that's kind of leaning back into like societal norms of like like the masculine and the man is the doer mm. is the active partner mm-hmm. and the woman is the socialized to be yeah. more submissive and the, the waiter around for things <laughs> you know much, yeah, to do. I'm but, a hybrid of both. Yeah. So how, do, how does that work then? Are you like do you feel like you're you're isolated from one particular part of the community or do you, do you bounce between them or like do you find it is a segregated? I, as that? 
see, I very much would be more of the gay male community. If that, like, my mm -hmm. friends are all gay men and drag queens, queer men. I, I, I have very minimal straight friends. I, I think I might have like two, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're lovely, but mm -hmm. like we don't really have much to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm heavily involved with the queer women community, but mm -hmm. my friendships, like my best friends, are gay men and drag queens. And so that's why I literally, I always say I'm a lesbian on the outside, but a gay man trapped in a lesbian's body because I am so camp and flamboyant and that's where I don't know where I fit. Mm. So like the lads as a piss take will call me the, the pet lesbian, you know, okay. or an honorary <laughs> gay man. Uh, they don't like, they don't mean it in like a derogatory way. They're just yeah, context like, is important. Context is very important. Yeah. Uh, but as in like, I am literally probably one of the only lesbian women within that peer group. Okay. So yeah. I'm an honorary gay man at this point. Okay. Uh, but like my best friend's an honorary lesbian mm. because he comes to all the events with me. So okay. It's fine. Okay. You know we have a balance. So like, do you think like that separation like it does exist in a lot of communities and you know and and the queer community should be no different. Like mm -hmm. it's like if you had a bunch of computer programmers, there'd be someone stigmatizing somebody for doing using the wrong program yeah. or something. Like this is what humans do to each other. But do you think like when you're already part of a marginalized group and then we stigmatize each other and we we close down access communities to each other like mm -hmm. you know do you think that that's still a thing very, or like yeah i think it's very prevalent and, and the thing is we still do it even with bi people still mm -hmm. like there's still a huge lot of bi erasure um mm -hmm. there's turfs there you know there there's literally mm -hmm. for a community that is so discriminated against we discriminate a lot within mm -hmm. um especially i mean if you look at traveler people who will be queer mm -hmm. we discriminate against them uh i'm pretty sure you know, it's people of colour as well are still mm -hmm. discriminated against. Mm -hmm. People who would identify more along the lines of non-binary than with a binary gender, you know, there's mm -hmm. discrimination again. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you have to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. You know, just accept and respect and go educate yourself. Yeah. Like, granted, it's not on the person to explain it to you, like, but if you do your best to educate yourself, and if there is something you're stuck on, then yes, go ask a question. But don't just expect the onus to be on that person to explain why they exist. Yeah. You know, and it's not cool. Like, but no, we do. We discriminate a lot. And kind of especially for me being like, I don't know how to behave in queer women's spaces. I really don't. Like, I, I have an idea. But like women absolutely terrify me mm -hmm. because I was always socializing with the lads. Mm -hmm. And it was seen as weird back when I was like 18, 19, 20. It was seen as really strange. Yeah. Now, like I get along with everybody and I have so many queer lady friends and acquaintances and whatnot, but it's still really intimidating for me to be around them. And it's just for simple, I'm like, have you seen women? Like, they're amazing. Just a few of them. They're so good. <laughs> they're so amazing. And when women talk to me, I'm like, <gasps> nope, yo, I actually crawled away from someone before. <laughs> Okay, she turned around. I was on the dance floor, and this gorgeous woman was talking to me. And she turned around to talk to me, and she dropped to my knees and crawled. <laughs> I was crawling under drag queens and everything. I did come back like 10 minutes later with a drink and just made it look like I disappeared to be all cool and suave. No, I panicked and I crawled. Aww. Never crawl on a the floor of, an, floor of, an, of a yeah. gay nightclub. Never do it. Oh. You don't know what you're going to find. So, that, like, you kind of reminded me there of like that feeling. Like, kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm picking up the whole, like, there is, like, that insecurity of, mm. like, you're, like, not this stereotypical lesbian, yep. which only exists in, like, 
homophobes' minds. But like sometimes I struggle with that as a bi person. I'm like, I, I can I say the word queer because I'm mm. bi and I'm married to a husband who's like the most annoyingly straight man. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he won't even kiss a bear for me as like a favor to me to because I really want to see that. And he's like, No, I'm 100% straight. I'm like, You, you um, anomaly. It's not fair. <laughs> But like, you know, and I still I struggle with that of like, you know, am I bi enough? Am I queer enough? Do I get to be part of the communities? Like, do you feel like that of like, are you lesbian yeah. enough? Like, because you don't fit different categories and you haven't done stereotypical things. 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. And, and it can become like and this the thing is, the insecurities may not be coming from other people. It's mm. very much an internal thing mm. because I'm going on my own perception of everything else. Um, and there could be absolutely no one in the world making me feel any less of a lesbian, except for me. Mm. And I do, I question myself and I check myself and I'm like, like, I did what, six shirt changes before this podcast? Um, just to be like, okay, am I looking a particular way? I put on a hat and, you know, I was like, get into my lesbian mindset, you know, <laughs> being like, butch lesbian. My Christ, I'm a princess. You know, it's, but I feel like I have to present myself a certain way and I have to look a certain way and I have to speak a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I don't, I feel like I'm dropping the ball somewhere. Or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a gap an imposter there. or something. Imposter syndrome is a huge thing, yeah. 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 And you, like even th- that levels, I know you were talking earlier about your first kiss was with a boy, but the whole like even like gold star lesbian oh. kind of stratification of of like like we how do, why do we do this as humans? Why do we just be like oh you're not that kind of lesbian, you're not that kind of human? Like we're so obsessed with categorizing mm-hmm. each other all the time. I'm trying to categorize you now, even as I speak. No, I'm doing okay. it. Like, it's like like I said when I was oh. what 19, I won Miss Baby Dark Ireland. You know, I thought I knew everything. In my head, I was like gold star lesbian. Da, 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 da. Unfortunately, you figure out that certain things happen within your life mm-hmm. and you're not so gold stars as you thought. Um, but the, the thing is, like gold star to me was something about me. It wasn't about other people. Like if I was to look at someone, I wouldn't be like, are you a gold star lesbian? Because that's the only way we're going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, are you a lady? <laughs> that is my logic. I'm like, are you a woman who I am attracted to and you're attracted yeah. to me and we will do this um, with consent, obviously. Um, but yeah, like this whole gold star thing, when I heard that people had this thing being like, oh, you're not a real lesbian because you have kids or you have mm. this or you're that. Or, I'm like, what is wrong with people and not letting people just be who they are and just exist? Mm. Like it just, I, don't, I don't get it like I really don't there's a lot in it well more than we cover on, on this podcast as such but like like tell me about your drag as part of that and so mm. you are drag mans most people are used to the RuPaul drag yeah I'm a drag king of like you know the shiny giant wigs and <laughs> sequins everywhere yeah. and breastplates and everything else and you're very much opposite of that <laughs> very much I basically <laughs> wear my own clothes and <laughs> put a beard on my face so lazy drag is what you're lazy telling me lazy drag um, right. well, I mean I can call <laughs> Contour and I could put on a damn good beard yeah. and I have good stage presence and stuff like that but I mean I used to do the whole thing I used to strap down my chest all that and I ended up actually really hurting myself once mm. so I was like I'm not doing that no more I was like I like my boobs <laughs> they're gonna stay intact um but no I started doing drag uh, randomly for a charity event about 10 years ago mm. I've been doing drag a decade Christ I'm old um and just kind of got into it a little bit more and like I wouldn't be like a professional drag king by any means. I can perform. I, I'm, apparently I'm hilarious when I don't try. Um, when I do try, you'll be sorry, that was tragic, really bad. Um, but for me, it was actually very much a, an escape 
from my mental health. I was able mm. to put on this persona that I'm very much, like I said, I'm a camp gay man trapped on the inside. And when I'm in drag, I am a very much a camp gay man. Mm. Very much a camp gay man. And I love it. Mm. I love being able to express that part of me that is not accepted or seen as funny or weird. And mm. the funny thing was, like, there was a lot of slurs used against me when I was a kid growing up. And one of them that I took such a negative impact from, uh, people used to call me a man. I used to get so bad, like so frustrated. It caused me so much grief and trauma. Mm. And now I am a butch lesbian who puts on a beard. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's one way of reclaiming anyway, trauma. Uh, <laughs> that's one way of doing it. It's, it's all because I wore a pair of Hercules runners, you know that? People are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and it, so is that like part of, you know, because like there's Victoria Scone now, who is a British cis woman who is on the UK version of RuPaul's Drag Race. So she's playing a feminine drag queen oh. so that's not you you're not like you're not interested in the the, the lady dressing as a lady yeah. stuff um i would fall over and break my ankles okay and i think the wig would probably tip me over as well um so it's for practical purposes <clears throat> practical well. purposes but yeah. i do think i would have the attitude to be a drag queen mm-hmm. i actually do think i would be fierce as a drag queen but um, i'm actually more comfortable mm-hmm. as a drag king i get to express myself a particular way mm-hmm. um and it, it has it's really helped kind of my acceptance of myself and I think whenever you do something like that, you have to mentally prepare yourself. Mm. And it actually does help you process a lot of things in your life that you wouldn't have processed before. Mm. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah. And that even, you know, that, that part of your life and stuff, you were talking about um, when the last podcast I did was on body positivity. Mm. And we had a, a great person also from Waterford, she's which amazed. is fab. Um, so hopefully she's around soon. Hi, Emma. Um, uh, she, she was talking a lot about, you know, just like the pressure on people to be a certain size and when you're not that certain size mm. it's just like you're kind of invisible almost yeah so, you know and you you resonated a lot with that podcast. oh wholeheartedly yeah. and it was like just certain things she was saying it was just like hitting the nail on the head for me and it was like i apologize to people before i meet up with them if i match with them online i apologize yeah. in the sense yeah. of i'm like just to let you know i'm a bigger person i i am heavy i'm i'm fat i'm overweight i'm this and that mm. and I, I don't know why I feel I have to do that because I think I can take like in photos I don't look my size mm-hmm. uh, because I mostly take selfies at a particular angle because <laughs> I've gotten very very good at it um, and it's kind of more of a so just to let you know and I'm pure I am fully expecting these people to just be like yeah no I'm not interested mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because I have no faith in them or no faith in me and it's a tough one because I've been mm-hmm. in situations where it was a bit of both be quite honest yeah so and it, that's almost like a defense mechanism of like if you say that that's like you're 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 giving them the out but you're also sussing them out and you're finding out are they going to be a dick or not yeah just yeah because of what i look like mm. that's like that's hard like dating like that and stuff of like you know like we do live in a fatphobic society mm. and the body positivity movement is very much like hijacked by brands and stuff and like sometimes it's better to think of it as po- body neutrality of like mm. i'm getting through the day yeah. like i'm just my body's doing its thing today and that's it but, but like is there a queer element onto that then as well i suppose yes and no i mean it, it's so like i pre kind of coming out i would have actually been quite feminine um dresses makeup not all the time very much tomboy as well at times but um it was almost like i went butch as a defense mechanism to ward off the straight men <laughs> you know i was like if i'm butch and big and scary mm-hmm. you know it still it does not work <laughs> they still try um but i think it's more i just i lost 
kind of an approach for myself where my health came into question Mm -hmm. then it wasn't that I didn't kind of love who I was it was more I was getting really really unhealthy Mm -hmm. and I had to be very careful of that because I can preach body positivity or body fame Mm -hmm. but I feel like I also need to preach being healthy Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be tiny to be healthy not by any means but you don't want to be on the verge of a heart attack either like you Mm -hmm. know it's no not saying like I know plenty of people who will be of a certain size who are nowhere near risk of a coronary or any form of an issue like that Mm. but I was I was getting to that point you're speaking just for you for me yeah yeah. and it's like what I say to people in general is that like you do not need to be a gym bunny but just Mm. mind yourself you know and make sure check in with your doctor and just do make sure that you are healthy yeah like it it doesn't matter about your size it's kind of what's going on on the inside your bloods Mm. get your bloods checked all these kind of checks I mean people will always put it down to your weight anyway I've learned that since I was about 14. Yeah, we covered that as well with Emma as well. But like your mental health as well of like, you know, you're like accessing medical services and stuff like you've got that double discrimination of like Mm -hmm. size, but also as queer as a queer Mm -hmm. woman as well. So it's like, is does that result in discrimination or or like have you seen a difference over the years or people getting a bit more open minded or? Yes, there's more services now, which specifically cater just to queer women, which is fab. Mm. But like, we shouldn't be segregated either. Yeah, you know, like I, like I am very open, kind of around my mental health, my mental health experiences, my past, and like I've had to use the services of Pieta House before. And it's funny because when I went originally to a person to talk to, they put it down to my sexuality. They put it down to oh, it's because you're gay, and I'm like, well, I'm very. fucking happy with who I am in that regard I said there's obviously other crap going on um and it was Pieta was very very good for me Mm. um they kind of acknowledged yes you're you're of the LGBT community but it's obviously not about that it's about something else you know and it was just it was actually just this deep-seated thing and you know being a part of this community you lose people Mm. and very often unfortunately to whether it would be suicide whether it's people even just moving away Mm -hmm. you know there's loss on all forms and when you lose so many people it it has an impact and the thing is there's there was still a stigma about talking about it and Mm -hmm. you know it's everyone's like even my own gp (laughs) there's a big thing is gay because basically (laughs) i got sick of telling them that oh no i'm i'm a lesbian woman and this this. and i understand they have to ask particular questions because i'm also aware that lesbian women can you know, they can run the possibility of being pregnant at times. Yeah, yeah. But I, there was just certain things yeah. that I was like, look, can you just put on my file that it's this is my sexuality, please? And they listen and they respect it and yeah. they kind of go from there then. So it, it was good. Um, my GP has also known me since I was born. So if she didn't kind of do it, I'd be so annoyed and yeah. I would tell my mum. <laughs> but then I'm going forward then, like you're using your platform to speak out on all these <coughs> awesome things that need to be spoken out about. Mm. Still nowadays, yeah. like, which shouldn't be the case. But like, so we're, we're back, like, hopefully post-COVID-ish times. Ish-ish. Ish-ish. Um, is there a new Miss Gay Ireland on the horizon? I hope so. I mean... you I... just going to steal the title forever? <laughs> probably at this point um you see it's more the the heats have to come back Mm. so like you have to we have to get like our miss gay park miss gay waterford miss gay galway dublin Mm. if we can get people back interested in it because i think the interest has kind of fizzled out unfortunately Mm. and it's people think you have to be a certain way to win these titles and you don't it's if you want to represent 
your part of the community. Like, you don't have to do what I did. I'm just a nut job. And I decided to go hell for leather and just, you know. Mm. But you can literally just do small fundraisers. You can just educate yourself. You can just be a positive representation of your community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would be great to get people back into doing it. And I think having something visible like Miss Gay Ireland, because the misters, they have Mr. Gay York. They have Mr. Gay World. They have Mr. Gay Universe. Mm. We don't. Mm. (laughs) Like, I had to stop at Miss Gay Ireland. There's nowhere else I could go. Whereas I personally feel like I am determined and I am stubborn and I would have won the whole bloody thing. You know, that's why they didn't have it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could set it up yourself. Oh, the effort of that now. No. (laughs) I've been miscarried for four years. (laughs) So what goes on like in in it? Is it like a pageant? Are we talking like an adult toddlers and tiaras here? Is there like sequins everywhere? Um, There's a casual wear. Okay. And a formal wear. Okay. And an interview around. Uh Uh, A couple of years ago, there used to be a talent round. I thought uh, you need a talent round. Uh, not so much anymore because not a lot of people have a talent that they can demonstrate within like two and a half minutes. Like you'd artists well, who yeah, could yeah. paint. And yeah. I think one of the girls did 10 shots of tequila in a row before and I was Jesus. mighty impressed. Like, <laughs> she took a lick of salt, 10 shots, bite a le- lemon at the end. And well, she was fine, didn't even phase her. And I was just like, I vomited in my head a shot number one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, casual wear, formal wear, interview round, and most of it's based on the interview round. You also get like Miss Congeniality due to audience participation, mm. audience votes. Um, there's online voting. There, it's just it's a really good platform for people to kind of put themselves out there as well. Mm. You know, it's nice. It's yeah. a nice thing. Um, I I personally like. I think it's fab anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. you would too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did enter it like six times. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would your advice be then for for new for new baby queers coming up who would want to kind of follow that path and and go down that route of like being an awesome sash wearer? Mm. It's mm. you don't have to be like. I'm doing quotations. I forgot people can't see this. Uh, 100% gay. You know, it's it's called Miss Gay Ireland and Mr. Gay Ireland because it's just easier for people to understand what it is and what it represents. Mm. And it's less syllables. You know? yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you were to go Miss LGBTQI plus Ireland, people would be like, what? Yeah. So gay is the blanket term for it, but I think uh, anyone within the community should try it. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just consider or t- like talk to me, reach out, talk to me, talk to the, the misters. They're all online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok, there's a few of us on TikTok actually. Um, but reach out and ask about it and get involved because I think it's great to see more activism within the community. Yeah. Um, and especially people who don't look the, the quote unquote the norm of what a stereotype should look like. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really cool to see a difference. Yeah, it's great to see like people just living their lives on their yeah. terms now yeah. you know like we were saying that in the workshop earlier of like it was great to be at the burlesque last night mm. and people just being in that lovely space of like queer joy mm. like you were actually talking about yourself uh coral is um a burlesque performer for for those who are listening behind um and did this fabulous thing about queer joy last night it was wonderful mm. but just to see that many people there dressing how they want being with the people they want mm. just being in such a lovely space like it is gold dust like it's so nice to have that just that authenticity and be able to go do you know what like this is who I am and I'm not going to be judged for it it's awesome to be able to have a queer space intact to mm. be to be fair I like it's mm. it's hard these days mm. to keep a queer space as a queer space and I get it look it's not a popular opinion with some people because they'll be like oh, you have equality now so everything should be equal mm. and I'm like we still need a safe space you know and it's 
I think people don't get that. Like even my own family members don't get it. Mm. And I literally turned around to them at one point. I was like, you're too straight to be in here. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, if you're out with me, fine. I said, yeah. but you're coming in your own accord. I was like, leave. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, no, it's just to keep those spaces intact because sometimes, yeah. I don't know, um, it feels like you're on display or like almost like you're mm. in a fishbowl. Yeah, you're being gawked at by a yeah, hen party or something. Yeah. yeah, feeding time at the zoo. Yeah, I noticed you know? last night actually that when I was leaving, um, there were a couple of drag performers and they were walking back in mm. and there was a, a hen party outside and they all had like giant inflatable penises and yeah. stuff. And I was like, did you be any more stereotypical? But they were staring at the mm. performers and like I couldn't hear what they were saying or anything. So I don't know. Like they might have been. It's usually them, like, but... girl, I don't look that good at all. Yeah. You know, it's usually thinking about, about drag queens looking better. Like they were other, do you know, yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. like, oh yeah, you're just cool. It was yeah. just like, oh my God, the spectacle kind yeah. of thing. Well, so. Most queens do dress up to be a spectacle, though, to be fair. I yeah. mean, when I put on my beard, if people aren't staring at me, I'm getting very offended. I'm like, eh, I put effort into this, now you make <laughs> up. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I just think being able to keep queer spaces intact is good. Um, mm-hmm. There is actually something within our legislation that we can do it. I looked it up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fancy. Uh, you can keep minority spaces intact. You can actually turn okay. away the majority to keep the minority space intact. Uh, Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling all the managers I know, be like, print the legislation, put it on the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Keep it going. Keep mm. going. Perfect. So what, what, what are your, if, if you imagined this was like your last year oh. as Miss Sky Ireland, mm. you never know. What, what's your parting wor- words to the nation as you as you give up your your queendom uh honestly the support i've gotten off of so many people some here included mm-hmm. um thanks like that that is literally is a thank you because people have brought me in to spaces where you wouldn't normally have someone like me come in and speak mm-hmm. um i've gotten support i've gotten um people have pushed me to get through some really tough times um so yeah, it's just it, it's been an experience for me to kind of figure out who I was. Mm. Um, it was mental. Like it, it's been absolutely mental time being able to represent myself, but also my community. And it's been a huge learning experience for me. Um, and I, I love it to be quite honest. I absolutely love it. I don't even wear the sash anymore, but I love it. You know, because mm. that poor sash has had it's, <laughs> it's fallen apart. It's been dragged around it's fallen for a while. Apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it has just given me the most, I mean, I've traveled, mm. I've traveled to, I, I was in Kenya, you know, just before pandemic hit, mind you, but I, I, I was in Kenya, best coffee of my life as well, if I <laughs> have like stress that. Um, yeah, mm. just keep being yourself, I think it is, and just kind of stray away from the stereotypes in a sense, like I'm a walking stereotype, I get that, but it's also not necessarily my physical, it's more my internal mm. Like I said, I'm a princess, you know, and I'm really, really like Disney princess, freaking fanatic and pink is my favorite color, surprisingly enough. And people are like, well, I'm like, it is. Um, I'm camp, I'm flamboyant. I own it at this point. And that's what I've learned from people. And like, I wouldn't change that for anything. I think that's an excellent note to end on. Thank you so much. You Where can me. people find you if they want to follow along with you? Oh, Facebook is Miss Gay Ireland. Stephanie Fogarty, Miss Gay Ireland. Um, Instagram is Miss Gay Ireland, but it's MS underscore Gay underscore Ireland. And then TikTok mm-hmm. is Miss Gay Ireland, just with no underscores. Um, and yeah, I'd be delighted if people connected in with me and even just wanted to ask questions mm-hmm. about the competitions or about how to do it. And it'd be great. 
Yeah. Thank you for having me, though. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. We've been pinning this down for ages. We finally <laughs> got it. We finally got it. But listen, thanks everyone for coming along. Thanks, and guys. thank you, Stephanie. You've been amazing. Thank you. Um, and thanks to everyone. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll put this episode up online. So for those who couldn't make it, um, yeah, they'll be there. So yeah, thanks, Mel. Awesome and happy Pride. Happy Pride. Woo. Thank you.